Hey everyone, Sean Paul Ellis here from Saturday Morning Cartoons. Remember, that's morning with a U. Thank you for listening, and before we start today's show, we have to tell you about a special project that we've been working on, and you can check it out right now for free. Myself, SMC co-host Dave Trumbor, and friends of the show Allison Keen and Alex Kazanis have put together a comic for you called Death Jr., what is Death Jr.? Think of it as part Charles Schultz's Peanuts comic strip, South Park, and a lot of morbid humor. We've had a blast with this, and you can read a new comic strip every weekday in January by going to our Twitter, at Death Jr. Comics, on the web, DeathJuniorComics.com, and you can even check out our current Instagram, which has been taken over with Death Jr. this month, at Saturday Morning Cartoons. We hope you enjoy it and share the hell out of it. Pun intended. Hey everyone, Sean and Dave here from Saturday Morning Cartoons. We cannot start this week's show, absolutely cannot start this week's show, until we thank the following people who went to Patreon.com to sponsor this show. Derek Haynes. Alex Kazanis. Jack Connolly. Jonathan Renteria Elie. Bill Dixon. The wonderful Melanie Harker. Dr. Jason Woods. Oh, the fantastic Allison Keene. The all right Jamal Newman. The so-so John Helter. Battle Matt Fitness. The wonderful David Trumbor. And the one and only Sean Paul Ellis. Hey, out there, if you guys want to be on this list or just want to know what's coming up next week on the show, check out patreon.com slash Saturday Morning Cartoons for more details. And remember, that's morning with a U. Thank you so much for sponsoring us. Thank you so much for listening. And now, on with the show. Hello and welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoons, the weekly podcast that revisits, reviews, and ridicules some of the world's weirdest animated series. Coming to you from the candy bar, I'll be your co-host, Dave Trumbor. Joining me as always and bringing along his super-powered mind, it's Sean Paul Ellis. How's it going, bud? Uh, David, David, David. I'm doing well, buddy. How about yourself? I'm feeling great now that we got your super-powered mind uh, taking us through this thing, because otherwise, uh, I just didn't know what I was going to do, to be honest with you. Uh, I'm going to confess, though, sometimes my super-powered mind isn't enough. We need to bring Whoa. in a second superpowered mind. Is this more powerful than yours? This is a more powerful mind. I mean, technically, in terms of yeah, uh, I was waiting for school, the pullback there. In terms mm-hmm. of uh, in terms of schooling, technically, he is a far smarter and advanced mind than Maya is. You really, you really backed off that one. Yeah, there a yeah, bit. No, I just I'm gonna step away from that for two seconds. Uh, yeah, guys, we have Doctor Jason Woods uh, coming back to the show. Welcome back, Jason. Hey guys, thanks for having me. I, uh, I put on my Ultra Lord underwear before I showed up today, so I'm all ready for this. Luckily, still an audio podcast here at Saturday Morning Cartoon, <laughs> so unfortunately, <laughs> listeners at home can't see it, but he is giving us a full frontal view of his Ultra Lord underwear. Hey, do me a favor and hit the light switch real quick, if you don't mind. All right, okay. done. Yeah, there it is. That's the glow-in-the-dark uh, bits yeah. I was looking for. Just yeah, make you sure like, they were you like that right across the booty? Yeah, it's great. Oh, that's the booty? I'm, you yeah. might have a... <laughs> Wait, hold on. What's wrong with your things? There's an Ace Ventura situation going on here. I'm not. <laughs> I got a. I got a front sure. butt and a back butt. Oh no! Oh, not again. <laughs> Please. What was the name of that uh, campaign? Charitable campaign. The front, front butt, butt back awareness. butt charitable campaign. Front butt awareness. Damn it! We'll have to call Mel Harker. She knows. Oh my god. 
Guys, Yikes. we are talking about the adventures of Jimmy Neutron. Saved. <laughs> Boy, genius this week. Uh, with a couple detours, obviously. This is yeah. not going to be this show without a, a bunch of detours. So, But yeah, um, God, what a weird show. Well, so why are we talking uh, Jimmy Neutron, Boy Genius? Because it's the next in line for New Year's Nicktoons. Right. That's literally the only reason that we decided <laughs> to talk about this cartoon tonight. It's next in line. And we wanted to bring our buddy Jason on, because it's been a little bit since we've had him on the show. And we figured, you know, if we're talking about a boy genius, uh, we're going to need, like, a literal genius on the show. So he's going to help us walk through the science of pants <laughs> and underpants and dolls, all kinds of stuff. It's going to be great. That sounds like the kind of doctor that Jason is. 100%. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I, the pants doctor. That's, that's what they call me on all the channels. <laughs> oh, oh, my pants God. Doctor. Pants doctor. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, we're going to need one. Yeah, we're going to need one. If you are not familiar with The Adventures of Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius, it is an American computer animated television series created by John A. Davis and Steve Odenkirk. It is a spinoff of the 2001 film Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius, which itself was based on the 1998 pilot and 12 three-minute animated shorts shown on Nickelodeon between 1999 and 2001. It originally aired on Nickelodeon for three seasons, totaling 63 episodes, beginning in July 2002. The final episode aired in November 2006. If, if you would have shown me uh, an image, a trailer, a theme song from the show, I would have been like, that's probably early 2000s. Looking at this animation, I would have been like, that's got to be real late 90s, early 2000s. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But did you guys ever watch this show, Sean? I, I was aware of this show, and I maybe had watched one or two episodes. It was not something that I, I carved out or made time to watch, no. Yeah. What about you, Woodsy? I, I, I knew this show existed, but had no clue there was uh, shorts previously and a movie, and then yeah. they still thought it was good enough to make a cartoon show. Ooh, that floored me. <laughs> yeah, same. I mean, this was something that I was aware of, but like we talked about in recent episodes, we are now, we're all of a, a similar age. And I think at this point, we were all in college. We had all already kind of like graduated, well, not graduated, but gravitated away from the kind of 90s Nicktoons. And this was a wave that didn't really hit us. It was kind of that next generation that's a little bit younger than us. So we are all kind of coming at this thing tonight for, for the first time. So hold on to your butts. Uh, it's going to be a rough ride, I think. But if you're not aware of what this Jimmy Neutron franchise is all about, here we go. Synopsis time. A young boy, who happens to be a genius, lives in a small town with his family and friends and often gets into crazy adventures with them involving the things he invents. That is a terrible synopsis, but it kind of <laughs> sums everything up. It's basically just like a kid who's a genius. He invents stuff. Everything gets fucked up. Go ahead, Sean. It always reminds me, because we've had a couple of these very basic descriptions, even noting back to the first show that we talked about with SpongeBob SquarePants, where yeah. the actual wikipedia article is just so unbelievably basic and concise in terms of what happens it reminds me though of the first time that i sat down to watch adult swim mm -hmm. and aqua teen hunger force came on and i i had cable at the time and i hit the info button on comcast and it just read food items that solve crime and i was like yeah that's the show that's <laughs> the it. show got it done but Aquatine is such a such a weird show to try to like sum up in a synopsis. So honestly, the weirder that one line in a in a TV guideline, the better it is because it's just like it's not about anything. This is just complete nonsense. And I think for maybe one, if not two episodes, 
They actually tried to solve a crime, and the rest of it was just complete batshit insanity. Yeah, that makes so, sense. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. For this thing, though, uh, I, we only watched one episode. So maybe for the other however many episodes there were, that's all that happens. This kid invents something crazy. Everything goes haywire. They spend the rest of the episode trying to fix it. At the end, maybe he does, maybe he does not learn a lesson. I feel like that's a pretty good formula for them to follow. Um, it's also a good formula to remind me that I never want to see this show again. <laughs> oh, my God. We've had two what? strong opinions out the yeah. gate on this. It's not like a good for you, Jimmy. Dave. It's going to be that kind of episode, I think. This is not like a good for you, Jimmy. So we'll give, him a, we'll give him a fair shake, Jimmy Neutron. We'll give you a you know, fair deal. We're going to start, as we always do, with the theme song. So, Woodsy, give us your impressions of the theme song, the intro to this show, visually and, and you know, audibly. What were your thoughts? You know, I, I think listening to you guys discuss theme songs, I um, don't generally pay as much attention to them when I'm just generically watching things, uh, especially before I uh, sort of heard you guys start to pay attention to them. Um, but this one was uh, incredibly generic. Like I, I couldn't tell you anything about the melody or the words. It was relatively short. Uh, I didn't think the visual showed a single thing about what the show was going to be about, except a real jacked up head on a on a kid who's still living with his parents. Like that was sort of all I got out of the theme song. I mean, that's, uh, that's about as basic as the synopsis, I guess. So that's pretty good. All things considered. John, what about you, bud? I thought it was interesting because this is definitely a theme song that is, is just a, a best of or a clips theme mm. song. I don't think that there was any, it didn't look like maybe with the exception of the, the title bump, screen that anything was dedicated animation that they wanted to create for this. So everything is highlights from shows. And from some of these highlights of shows, visually, it's relatively interesting. There looks to be a lot of going into outer space, aliens coming down, weird intergalactic things that are happening. And it's all kind of set in what looks like a, a small town America in like the in the 90s, which kind of kind of cool, kind of interesting. To, to look at it. Let's talk about the music, though, to contrast yeah. some of these fun visuals that they have. Man, it is like a bad slack rock slash surf rock song. It's it's definitely surf rock stylings. I don't, I don't understand sometimes with surf rock why they seem annoyed that they're singing surf rock. <laughs> it, they just seem so apathetic to what's going on. And I... I, I I mean, I have the I have the lyrics here, and I, I have yep. to say, there are there's a large cast of characters that we'll get a chance to talk to in a moment, but we get no roll call in this. So, with the exception of Jimmy Neutron, we really don't know what we're getting into here. Um, and his Robo Dog, and his and his Robo Dog, and these these yep. things are all important, and they're all relatively interesting. And so, I would have loved some type of a roll call, but. It, it didn't happen. I'd like some kind of setup in terms of understanding, you know, is this something where there there is like a, a bigger evil that Jimmy is fighting or is it him just kind of fighting his own brain and, and ideas and inventions that he comes up with, which, spoiler alert, that's 100% who the villain is. It's really yeah. Jimmy Neutron versus He's himself. His, his own worst enemy. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it just... I like I like the fact that the theme song was a little bit self-referential at one yes. point. I thought that that was kind of like a fun nod. Uh, I'm also kind of curious. I I don't know if you guys remember, like in the early 2000s, there was a band that was called Bowling for Soup. 
Oh yeah, 100%. yeah. Because and they, they did a cover of uh, of this, Iran. Oh, they also did a cover of well, they did a cover of this, but, but one that I actually like, they did a cover of uh, Iran for what was that anime? It was like uh, Rowan of the Wild Wildfire. Okay, what the heck was that? Uh, that was one of the characters in it. But it was, anyway, gotcha. I like that cover. So yeah. I like that band. Oh. Surf Rock. I, I want to ask you real quick though. Like Surf Rock is weird to me to begin with because it takes kind of like the surfer kind of Beach Boys mentality, which is all very just like chill and hang loose and relaxed. With and then they mix it with like a weird like rock punk vibe, which is like the exact opposite of that. It's aggressive and like discordant and all kinds of stuff. So Surf Rock to me always was kind of in this weird hazy area where it either worked really well. Or it was just a catastrophic failure, and this is one where it's just kind of, yeah, it's just kind of generic. I, I this just, band was actually uh, Man or Astro Man, and it was the lead singer of that. After they had disbanded, I believe wrote and performed the song's name is Brian Causey. Uh, so they do have surf rock kind of underpinnings to this, but if it's if he sounds angry, it's probably because he used to do this for a living, and then he was no longer doing it, so he was writing it for <laughs> oh, kids shows. I really would have loved if Bowling for Soup had just done this right. this intro. It would have been awesome. I would have really enjoyed that. This I actually, just... <laughs> I actually didn't mind this too much. I, I, the theme song was like it was blissful because it was short. It was fine. It, it wasn't really memorable at all. It was thirty they seconds. They saved it. They, thirty seconds, and half like part of it is a countdown. Three, two, one, got a blast. So that's their little like <laughs> stinger right there. And then to Sean's point, the uh, the visuals, uh, if you look at the YouTube comments under some of these theme songs, and as we know, YouTube comments are always 100% accurate. Spot on accurate. And Perfect. Just the, just the best cut of people out there. Um, if you look at them, they say from the visuals that 90% were actually pulled from the movies, 10% were from the actual TV show. So Maybe that goes to show why they just pulled existing material from the movies that they already had. And then you got to see a couple things from like this first episode in there. So it's just, they're probably like, well, this is the only material we have right now. Everything else is in production. So let's just throw this <laughs> And then they never got out. a better theme song. And so exactly. they're like, why are we going to redo the intro? Why bother? Yeah. I think it would have been great if they would have pulled in the guy who did the original theme song. And they're like, hey, we know that you're not doing this for a living anymore, and we know that you did this and you were completely apathetic about it in the first place, but do you want to come back and do another surf rock song? But like, you know, punch it up a little bit so you don't sound like you're about to shoot yourself. Yikes. And then he did. Not true. I don't think. Wait. Possibly. I don't, hey, I don't guys, think. Family-friendly episode of 2018 right here. We're doing it. We're doing it. <laughs> no, we're already past it. <laughs> it's a little uh, bit of an emo surf rock song, which, which yeah. is strange to me. Especially for this show, right? Yeah. It doesn't fit this show at all. The cool thing about Man or Astro Man was that they were kind of known for their surf rock stylings, their sort of punk aesthetic, but also because they folded in a lot of synth sounds, a lot of like sci-fi terminology, a lot of, uh, they used like the, the sounds that like an Apple II computer or like a certain printer from like the 80s made. You know, they used a lot of this like real world kind of techie um, effects and sounds and noise and music. In their, in their music. So this thing, it was like a diluted, removed version of that. So I can kind of understand why it sounds very apathetic and just like, just give me my paycheck and I'm out of here. <laughs> the, the one lyric that he had where he's like, I'm getting paid for this, right? How much money? And he's doing the negotiation in the middle of the theme song. Yeah, you have to listen really carefully yeah, if yeah, it's yeah. in there. Get, yeah. get, a, get a really nice pair of uh, headphones. It's mm-hmm. not your Apple, your Apple or your Android headphones aren't going to cut it. Get Sennheisers. Yeah, just, get, you know. get a pair of Sennheisers and then just, and then just put those on. You'll hear just some of the secret it. messaging in the background. It's yeah. incredible to hear this. You can actually hear them arguing and like throwing chairs around the room. 
Clearly my headphones were not good enough for this. Maybe I would have liked it more if there yeah. was like violent negotiations going yeah. on in the background. It at least would have entertained me. It added a real sense of like, wow, this is like legit. This is like how Hollywood works. Uh, now, th- honestly, this to me, and it's not saying much, this was my favorite part of the viewing experience. That I oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been Fuck. better if they got the B-52s to do it, or it would have been better if I just watched Dexter's, Dexter's Laboratory instead. But it wasn't. If they so if they'd just been yeah. like, hey, Fred Schneider, what are you doing? What's sure. Jimmy Neutron enjoying the theme song? You've been like, yeah, been okay, perfect. cool. I'm, I'm into this. This is great. And I know who I'm talking about here. It's Jimmy Neutron. Yep. Yikes. Interesting. Any, any, Sean spent four hours writing those lyrics today. <laughs> that was <laughs> still. I still had more enjoyment and excitement in my voice delivering that five seconds than we got in all thirty seconds of this surf rock theme song. Jesus, thirty seconds! I had to watch it numerous times. I watched it a couple like, times. Well, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else? I, the theme I was song not else? dedicated yeah. enough to your show to watch it multiple <laughs> times. Sorry, guys. One was enough. It. Look. I, I get that you're not dedicated enough to Jimmy Neutron, and I appreciate the fact that because we made you watch that show, you are now not dedicated enough to this show to watch that theme song more than once. Totally acceptable. So nothing else from the theme song. You guys want to move on to probably my least favorite portion of the show tonight, the animation style. Yeah, let's get it. I hate it. Woods, what about you? It. I actually, that makes me feel so much better to hear you say. Good. I don't know what it is about the sort of computer animation style that was... Yeah semi-frequent i feel like in this era it is never i don't enjoy it it always looks strange uh and i never with the exception of reboot which i feel was like on the earlier edge of sort of that computer style early 90s um, i never enjoyed any of the other computer animations and like visually i had a hard time watching this one yeah 100 percent. this was done with uh maya this was done with the maya software early 2000s late 90s and I think they ran it through like a lightwave 3D renderer. If that means anything to your like techie animation heads out there, that's fine. But like you could you could look at this and just be like, that was done with Maya, and it looks like shit. And unfortunately, <laughs> well, it's true though. Go ahead, Woodsy. Do Do you guys remember? And I'm totally blanking on the name of this website. Sort of, it would have been towards the tail end of college for us, where they would they would put these cartoon characters on the screen, and you would type in dialogue, and it would sort of make a scene that would talk for you yeah it was just like very jerky acting that that is so much what this looked like to me nothing was smooth nothing was like well visualized it reminded me do you remember late night mtv they had it was a super hot host obviously live action and then they had these two computerized characters where people would call in their names were throg and neck by the way and people would call in and it was like a weird game that you would play on like your your cell phone or your touchstone phone or whatever at home, and you would like compete against these characters on this weird MTV show. That's a very old. That? No, that's a very old statement for you to make. Where you're watching cable using a touchstone phone. Yeah. And MTV. Exactly. <laughs> and MTV. Exactly. <laughs> no, it was this weird ass late night thing. Anyway, the characters looked like this. This, if you guys have been listening to our show for a while, you probably remember Monster by Mistake <laughs> from our Canadian Cartoons Month. This thing was close to Monster by Mistake, uh, and I, it, that is an unforgivable curse. Go ahead, Sean. All right, so I'm going to respectfully disagree with you guys on a okay. couple of these things. Uh, one, this is definitely nowhere near the caliber of expertise that Monster by Mistake delivered to us. <laughs> Monster by Mistake, the key word, gang, being mistake, uh, was awful 
for numerous reasons. Go back and listen to that episode because I think pretty much the whole animation section of that episode of our show focuses around just how bad it is. In this, at least the eye tracking is somewhat decent. (laughs) The characters... The characters have some interesting shapes to them. Now, I know that Jason just made the point that nothing felt smooth. Uh, I'd actually say that things felt too smooth in this. Everything mm. in this show was rounded in a and way glidey. that was, was, round, was rounded yeah. and like very flowy in a way yeah. that was like slightly uncomfortable to me to watch. Yeah. Um, but it, at the same time, I, I think if my... If my comparison right now for the three shows that we've brought up, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna dog show competition, just go one, two, best in show. Okay. Uh, like we've got best in show clearly being Jimmy or Jimmy Neutron. I'd say the runner up after that would be reboot, and I would say followed by what we had with uh, Monster by Mistake. Now I bring this up because I am shocked, ladies and gentlemen. Now I, you shut your dirty mouth. <laughs> <laughs> now I bring this up just because I think the thing that Reboot took advantage of that we've talked about a lot is that because the they were humanoid, but they were yeah. in c- computer setting, they were inside of the mainframe, they could get away with a lot of choices and weird uh, skin tones and colors and a lot of the things that they had. I want to say that if we're looking for success in terms of what I'm positing tonight, which is how do we render cartoon humans and are we doing a successful job with it, out of the three, I think Jimmy Neutron does the best. Dave? Yeah, I have a question for the actual medical expert uh, on the panel tonight. If a child, or any human being, walked in looking like any of the characters from Jimmy Neutron, what would you diagnose them with, and how severe is this allergic I would be highly concerned that every single one of them had brain tumors that were forcing (laughs) their heads to be larger than necessary, but also then had been extremely malnourished because their bodies are way too skinny. Their necks don't look like they'll hold their heads up. The animation doesn't look like it holds their heads. They're just wobbling, bobbling around everywhere. (sighs) All right, I had to get that off my chest. Go ahead, Sean. I want to say, what is the problem? This is the second week in a row where we've had to talk about adults and different characters that are in a show that have no neck or a lack of neck. What was was it about early 2000s Nickelodeon that everybody was like in a room and they're just like, guys, if you're not aware, adults don't have any necks. So don't... Somebody rendered it in Maya. They're just like, these people have to have necks. They're like, get rid of those necks. Just just select the entire area and then just delete. Just uncheck that neck box. Yeah, I want to run back to Sean's assessment of the uh, success of the animators here. And just point out that I am fairly certain that the three of us in Microsoft Paint could could make characters that looked more uh, realistic and more enjoyable to watch than this show. They 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 shut it down though. MS Paint, RIP. Yeah, gone. We can't even put that to task. Oh, fair enough. Not I just put out a, something that we can't actually do, so you can never prove me Sorry. wrong. Smart man. Yeah. See? Yeah. This is why very, we bring him on the show. He's the brain. A lot of schooling. Very smart. Very smart, Jason. Smart man. Nobody no, can look, ever I, call bullshit on us. No, that's right. I uh I did not like the design of these characters. I, I'm not a fan. They look like weird root vegetables stacked on top of each other, <laughs> and I don't like that. It's not like appealing to me. But Oh good vegetable, vegetable joke. Good vegetable joke. Good vegetable joke. They're they do. All of their heads look like the potatoes from Plants vs. Zombies. <laughs> yeah, they, they all look like slightly misshapen <laughs> vegetables just pulled out of the ground and peeled. I mean, I get it if you if you liked it, if you watched it and you like the design of the characters, they're fine. I think that the interactions are good. 
the world building is, is decent. It's definitely a lot richer, a lot more uh, complex than either Monster by Mistake, which was god-awful, or Reboot, which was, they had limits at the time, because it was, you know, almost like half a decade earlier, a little earlier. Yeah. So I get it. It's just, as far as appealing to me visually, it just doesn't doesn't do it for me. Go ahead, Sean. Did you have something else? Oh, I was going to say, you know, we... We, we seem to get into this time and time again just with these character designs. I, I agree with you. I think the character design for this is not great. It's, in some cases, a little bit off-putting. Yeah. Uh, there are moments that really shine through with some characters where I'm just like, oh, I, I, I like what you did there. This is an interesting choice. I have not seen this before in another cartoon, and I'm intrigued. But I, I will say we keep hitting those, those things where it's like, people just look lumpy. I don't know what it is. Ever since we watched Give a Mouse a Christmas Cookie... <laughs> I'm just seeing like lumpy, lumpy, dog. Po- lumpy dog potato people all over the place. And I don't understand what it is that like you can't draw a solid line to be able to put a head together. And like, <laughs> I, I, I love the early, not early 2000s animation. Everything could be lumpy without a neck and people are getting paid for this. These I are wish also, we were old enough to be animating at the time. These it, are unreal expectations for me to live up to in terms of body sizes. Like <laughs> I can't do that. I've been working on my head can't, exercises. I can't get my hair like that. Can our split off podcast be titled Lumpy Head Potato People? Of course. <laughs> Great. That's so much. That's material. all I wanted. Yeah. That's all I wanted in all of life. Hey, can we I can I bring shutting back, down uh, this podcast and we're starting. Can I bring back phrenology? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, bring back phrenology. Sweet. Because that was a real I've been waiting pre- for an excuse to bring that back. Because that was a real precise science, the measurement of people's heads. Oh man, and they shut it down to, you know, the Illuminati. I don't know, whatever, conspiracy, 9-11. Yeah, or the fact that it was involved with the eugenics movement. So, you know, yeah, one prob- or the probably other shut that. it down. Probably that had more to do with it. <laughs> I think that's the first time we've referenced phrenology on the podcast, so that's a plus. Man. Is that not right. the first time eugenics has come up? Because otherwise... No, I don't like, think I, it has been. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, anything else from the animation styling before? And Sean mentioned this about the characters. He had some specific traits from characters that he liked. So I want to I want to kind of get into them and see what worked for him. So if nothing else from animation, then Sean, buddy, what uh, what particular character stood out for you? Their teacher. I, I didn't get okay. her name. Miss uh, Fowl. Miss Fowl. That's it. Thank you. Miss yep. Fowl was really interesting, and I the the character design was pretty classic. Uh, maybe elementary, middle school teacher. Yeah. Um. For that that time, like you know, she she looks exactly like the old school kind of school marm that you would think of, with uh with just a giant bird nose, and then she continues to kind of make like random like bird like like out of nowhere as a part of her dialogue, and I, I don't know why, but that choice to me, I was I was entertained by that. There were moments in that yeah, that I was like, oh. That was a yeah. cool part where they had sort of the design, the name, and the performance all kind of match up together. So that was that was cute. Um, she's such a minor character, though, in the, in the broad scheme of things. Like, she was an interesting kind of, like, color in addition to this episode. But, I mean, you really focused on the elementary school kids, right? So we have Jimmy. His name, his full name is James Isaac Neutron. Right. I liked, I liked Isaac Neutron. I appreciate puns. I like it. Uh, we have Mr. and Mrs. Neutron, Hugh and Judy. So his parents, obviously, they factor in pretty heavily. Uh, we have uh, Goddard or Goddard. I think they said Goddard. Goddard. Right? The and dog. As his, the robot his dog. Robo, robot dog. Yeah. Uh, who's named after a literal rocket scientist uh, for 20th century. We have Cindy Vortex, who is another sort of 
uh, a friend of Jimmy's, but also kind of like a antagonist bit of competition. A bit She's of an just antagonist. like sassy She's, foil. Yeah, but also Jimmy's kind of a dick. We'll talk about that in a little <laughs> bit. So I don't really blame her for being pissed off at him. Uh, and then we have Jimmy's friends, Carl Weezer. You can probably picture what this kid looks like. He's a little roly poly. Um, we'll talk about him a little you bit. You can more. say it. He's a ginger. <laughs> was he? I couldn't even tell because my, so. my playback was so bad. He, he's shaped like a turnip or fennel. <laughs> he's like shaped a, like, like fennel. Like a fennel bulb. <laughs> he's, he's bulb shaped. He's bulb shaped. He is. Um, and then we also have Sheen Estevez, which I did not know his name was Sheen. It sounded like Gene the entire time I was Yeah, I, thought I it agree. Was Gene. thought it was Gene but too. It's, it's Sheen Estevez. And I'm like, that's such a weird name. But then it clicked. Ah, Martin and Charlie Sheen. Emilio Estevez. Yeah. And he's shaped like a carrot. Uh, Sheen is shaped like a carrot. Yeah. Sheen uh, a is carrot shaped like a buzz carrot. cut. Yeah. Yeah. Any, any, I mean, God, do you have any like redeeming qualities for any of these kids? Any of these characters? Did you have any favorites? Me? The Jason. The dog, the exactly. Dog. Thank you. The it? dog was, was the only one that I found interesting, and he had a very minor role to play yeah. in this episode. The rest of the characters all felt very. Uh, archetypal like you have your your kind of douchey main character the the foil who plays against him who actually probably is right more often uh and then his really dorky sidekick friends uh so i don't i struggled with with finding any of the characters particularly interesting i thought carl some of his like uh his little foibles and his weird little like mannerisms and quirks and stuff those were kind of fun sheen was weird he was really a one-note character that really fixated on this doll that we'll talk about doll slash action action figure if you want to get into that uh but honestly for the most part there were a couple clever gags and and callbacks and and moments and scenes throughout the plot which we can talk about later but as far as the characters themselves like i really didn't give two figs about any of them except the dog i wanted i wanted to rescue that dog get him out of there go ahead john in addition to the dog i i want to talk about one character that I, I enjoyed and two characters that I hated. Okay. Uh, I really liked Sheen Estevez. Okay. And I really liked his focus as a character. It, it felt like a lot of the other characters were in there, as we've kind of talked about uh, in these archetypal roles, where they were either a foil to Jimmy or they were sort of uh, like a crash test dummy for Jimmy. Yeah. It felt like, it felt like Sheen actually had his own personality or like something that he wanted to really focus on, which was this ultra Lord action figure that we've been talking about and just sort of his, uh, just his sheer delight in everything related to that. That was the moment where I was like, Oh, I can relate to this character. I've had exciting things that I've collected or that I've done where I'm like, Oh yeah, like I'm a hundred percent on board with this. This was a fun character for me. Two characters that I will say that I did not like, borderline hated on this show, and this is so weird that this comes on the heels of the Fairly Odd Parents. These parents are trash. These parents are utter garbage. You know, last week on Fairly Odd Parents, we had a problem where, uh, you know, it, it felt like the parents weren't involved enough. This felt like they were involved too much and too accepting. And the point that I really want to make is that because both of these shows were out at the same time, there are three episodes where Jimmy Neutron crosses over into the Fairly Odd Parents. Oh, right. And they do, a, about that. they do a Timmy and Jimmy power hour, which let's be honest, that's something that I would drink to as a power hour. Yeah. Was it like at a PTA meeting? 
It should have been. If it wasn't, parents fucking mistake. Absentee. Branding goof right there. Jason, what's up? Maybe this is the pediatrician in me, but the whole time I watched them, all I could think is they're raising a psychopath who's never been told no in his entire yeah. life. 100%. And he's real smart. Yeah. And he is the start of every supervillain ever. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm curious to know if they like had a pet dog and then Jimmy like experimented on him to the point that he just became like a cyborg and there's like the guts of like a real dog in there somewhere, possibly the skeleton and central nervous system. But I don't know. I want to rescue that dog. I'm very concerned. Did, I'll be honest with you. Why wouldn't he? He's already experimenting and testing shit like simulations on his friend that we'll talk about in the episode. Of course he's going to experiment on a dog. This is the origin story of a super neutron serial killer. Yeah. <laughs> Next <laughs> season on Dexter. Yeah, really. Jason, this is going to take a little bit of a dark turn, but uh, did you guys watch the uh, Sherlock show with Benedict Cumberbatch and yeah. Martin Freeman? Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember the, the episode where they talk about Sherlock's childhood dog dying, whose name was Redbeard? And then it turned out that it was actually his childhood best friend yeah. uh, and not a dog like that. That actually is sort of what I thought was like, maybe Jimmy killed this other best friend and then he resurrected him in the form of a dog, which is which oh, is real Jesus. dark. That's even darker than I was. Going. Guys, I thought it was bad <laughs> enough that he just turned his real dog into a, a cyborg dog. But no, you had to put the brain of a child in a cyborg dog body and make him a slave forever. We are canceling this podcast, and we are turning this into a Jimmy Neutron conspiracy theory podcast. I'm down. That's Bring all we're doing. I've never been involved in any other conspiracy theory. I am so excited. Yeah. This is great, actually. I would love to see Jimmy Neutron serial killer come back as an animated. <laughs> I'd love to see a mad scientist serial killer. I think that'd be amazing. Dexter was pretty good, but he was just kind of like, I'm just a forensic pathologist guy, and I, I do blood splatter. And it was like, all right, that's fine. But you're not, like, making crazy contraptions to, like, serially kill people, which is what I want to see. What? You... What? I Sorry, also want to say for you, there. that was a spot-on Michael C. Hall impression that you just did. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> I've been working on it ever since he retired to become a lumberjack. What the fuck was that show? <laughs> But no, I honestly, like, when you were going to say that two of your least favorite people on or characters on this show were the parents, I honestly, Jimmy, I don't like him. Like, we've had this before where your, your protagonist, your title character, is not likable. It's not, he's interesting, but he's not likable. Like, I, there's nothing, I don't want to see him succeed. I don't really care if he fails. I feel bad for everyone around him. And it's not a character I want to watch for multiple episodes of a cartoon show. Sorry. Right. Well, let's let's dig into this episode then. Sure. Because I think there's a lot of stuff there that's going to support all of our vitriol towards this character and what he yeah. does. What's the name of this episode? This is the episode one, but I'll remind everybody that it's after the movie and after a series of shorts that were on uh, Nickelodeon. Right. And it's kind of funny that it follows the shorts because the title is... When Pants Attack. Haha. Fashion humor. <laughs> uh, before we get into this, I want to ask you guys a quick question. Do you have... Any embarrassing pants stories from childhood or school or anything like that? I, I definitely do. Uh, I, I remember uh, when I was in elementary school up uh -huh. until fifth grade. Um, I, 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 I'm almost certain about this, that I wore, uh, I wore sweatpants. You know, okay. like you would wear like sweatpants with like the, uh, like, there'd be like a matching like sweatshirt 
that would yeah, go sure. with it as well. Sweat, yeah, you know, the kids would wear combo. Yeah. yeah, so kids would wear like that sweatshirt sweatpants combo, yeah. and I wore that for pretty much like all of elementary school. It's comfy as hell. Yeah, but like I, that was at the point where people were like starting to wear jeans in like fourth and fifth grade. Yeah, and it just I'd always felt uh, weird to me. So I, I remember having this conversation with my mom, uh, where you know she she was a uh, uh, you know I, I grew up uh, my mom raised me and so it was one of those big things where you know having a single mom raising two kids at the time I had to have that awkward conversation with her where I was just like mom I don't want to wear sweatpants anymore and she was like oh, that awkward conversation that every kid goes through and she was like what and I was like other kids aren't wearing sweatpants and I'm always wearing sweatpants and like. They get crap on them and they get dirty and then like they get worn in and like my knees were showing in a couple of them. And I was just like, I think I don't want to wear them. I think I want to try jeans. And so we went to went to a Walmart and we bought probably the probably three pairs of the most hideous jeans that I think I owned in my life. But I was just like, I'm wearing jeans now. This is who I am. And I'll be honest with you. I have never gone back and I've never purchased another pair of sweatpants. Congratulations, buddy. So proud of you. Yeah. I, I wasn't sure that I was going to be willing to share this story. Oh, here we um, go. This is what I've been waiting for. Yeah. Well, because my, my embarrassing pants story uh, occurred within the last year as an adult. Wow. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I flew uh, to my own wedding. And when I arrived there, I realized that the only pair of jeans that I had brought had a gigantic hole in the crotch. <laughs> Uh, and did not realize how this that even got there yeah. till I was already out to dinner with yes. my bride to be and several family members. Uh, so had to, as an adult, call and ask a friend to go into my house and get a pair of pants for me and then fly them to me with himself <laughs> the next day. That's hilarious. So you just uh, I promise I am a, a functioning adult. I, I swear. You take care of the little ones. Yeah, John. I got one still, but go ahead. Oh, okay. I, I if we're if we're doing modern stories, I want to say four or five years ago, I was in a play that was in D.C., and it was maybe the the second night. Uh, it was like a Thursday showing of the play. Uh, you know, it was the it was the first weekend. Like the Friday was like our big open, and we did like two soft opens on like a, a Wednesday and a Thursday, and. Uh, I was on stage and I was in the middle of doing a scene. It was like the second scene out of like seven and my pants ripped. These were like <laughs> pants that had been like altered and mended for me. Oh. And I I needed them to be like really flexible because I was moving around all the time. And uh, like I, I, uh, they, I was, I was a color character because it was set up like a board game. Like, you know, we sorry. And you have like the different color pieces and I was Mr. Brown and I had these Brown pants that like split right down the ass into into my into like my leg into my quad and i had to i had to go backstage and i found like i managed to find gaffing tape that was back there and i like taped my pants together but i was like in the middle of a scene and something happened and they just went and i just remember being like this is my life now i'm doing yep. i'm doing theater and my pants rip on stage Show for, go on. for like 35 people this is this is terrific so Dave, had, what's your story? Uh, we've had one pair of onstage uh, pant catastrophe. We've had another cross-continental flight of the pants. Uh, mine goes back to a very specific type of jeans uh, from the 90s that kids may remember out there. Uh, Please so, tell me they're Jankos. Oh, you Please. son of a bitch. So, <laughs> so 
So I'm at my buddy Jesse Pickles' house. That's a real name. It sounds like it could be a That's name a from one of these, these nicknames. It's from Rugrats. <laughs> yeah, it's Jesse Pickle from Rugrats. And we're, 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 you know, elementary school age. So I think we're like on the jungle jam or whatever and swinging around. And I tried to do like a flip off of the uh, monkey bars. And I landed and I, I remember like landing okay and it was fine. But as I landed, like the belt loop or something in my jeans, something hooked and it just just ripped like the entire seat out of the back of my jeans. Holy so now I've just shit. got like my ass just like hanging in the breeze. I'm just like, well, here we are. So her or his mom goes in and gets like this. She's like, oh, I've got a spare pair of jeans. You can have a pair of his. That's fine. She brings out the weirdest fucking pair of jeans that I've ever seen. The like they the you know the height was probably like three feet or whatever it is. But they had the widest ass legs on them that I had ever seen. And I looked at the tag, and yes, as Woods mentioned, JNCO. And I was just like, <laughs> Jenko? Jenko? They're just like, oh yeah, it's so cool. So I my ass was walking around in a pair of Jenko jeans because I had ripped the seat of my jeans out. Uh, I thought they were cool until I wore them to school later on, which was a multiple faux pas like don't wear your friend's jeans to school you weirdo what the hell's wrong with you and then <laughs> double weirdo they were Jenko jeans and that was very strange gotta get those skater flared bell bottoms oh my god what a terrible all the rage did they come terrible with rage. a wallet chain he probably still had that actually i don't think nice. i would have been able to take the wallet <laughs> chain home with me i just love that they were like no definitely keep them i think the mom just wanted to be like nope these are yours now get them the fuck <laughs> out of my house kids not wearing these uh, why do I bring up pants stories? Why? Because we're talking about pants tonight. Because Bang. that apparently is the focus of the first episode of the Jimmy Neutron series. So, what, Sean, you mentioned this earlier. What is our introduction into this particular episode? Uh, specifically, the interaction between Jimmy and his poor friend, Carl. So, they, they're in the process of kind of walking down the street uh, late at night in some kind of robot contraption. Sure. Uh, at some point, so I, you know they're they're really trying to stress the the boy genius kind of craziness. It, it looked from, like a Jimmy Neutron. like an ATST that they had like cut the head yeah. off and were just like walking along on a, on a platform. Yeah. So they he he's he's walking along. We have Carl that's sort of perched up back behind him, and I, I wanted I only bring this up because I, I this is a reoccurring gag where there's a dog that's in the middle of the street that sees this and like acts or mimes like he's having a heart attack or like he's 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 so crazily shocked and impressed or, or flabbergasted about what's happening that he just kind of like actually lays over and plays dead. Yeah. In a sense. I only bring that up because they'll do it one more time and just comedy rule of three guys, just you know, set up set up this damn pattern and just execute on it. It's it's annoying to not see them follow through. Exactly. And and they had every opportunity to be able to do it in this show. Like there's no reason that they couldn't have brought him back towards the end and yeah. had this uh, and, and finish out this joke or this bit. Yeah, there are so, plenty of things going on that they could have worked that in. But so we have Carl in the back of this ATAT crash or at, what at at? Uh, well, yeah, ATST, I'd say. But yeah, so in the back of this, uh, back of this weird vehicle with a crash helmet on, and Jimmy Neutron is explaining to him that Carl is about to test the neutron catastrophic escape simulation, to which Carl is like, ooh. ooh like, am I going to get hurt? And, like, also, this button looks very similar to me. And it's, like, a crude drawing of him on a spring being shot up into the air. Yeah. So it's a good way to kind of foreshadow and telegraph exactly what's about to happen to Carl. Uh, 
there's no reason to do this. Like no. there's no there's no reason to do this other than the fact that as he launches Carl out of this vehicle that they're in, Carl's pants remain in the vehicle, which is a very weird choice to make that like you just shot a naked kid into the sky in your there neighborhood. There are a lot of half-naked kids in this episode, by the way. Which brings the light bulb to Jimmy's head, which is like, oh shit, I forgot to clean up and do my chores. <laughs> I have pants all over my room. And to me, I was like, that's a weird conceit to set up an episode. Agreed. Woods. Woodsy, what you This got? was such a strange start. The only thing I got out of this whole start was Jimmy's going to be a dick to Carl for the entire series. Yeah. Uh, and also, weird problems that they create, because I can't tell you... I personally, when I have gotten shot out of the back of an ATST walking down the street, <laughs> have never lost my pants. No, and you've done it a hundred times at least. I do at least a hundred. At least never lost it's part your of pants. the training. Yeah, you lost them flying to. Well, that's a whole other story that you've already yeah, told. But very I mean, different. Like, yeah, very it, different. It a hundred percent sets up the fact that Jimmy's a real dick, and he will go to any extent to test his um, inventions on his poor, unwitting friends, whether they want to go through it or not. We should just clear this up. This is a hundred percent Jimmy in a series of abusive relationships with yeah. other kids, and and with other kids who are maybe not smarter than him in a sense of like they can't invent you know ATSDs that launch kids out of their pants. But the fact that you know Jimmy gets home and his mom's like, "How many times I tell you to pick up your pants and put them away?" and you see this like pile of like stinking jeans just like behind him or there's got to be a thousand pairs of jeans back behind yeah him. that was my bigger issue how Super many pairs creepy. of pants has have his parents bought him like the only reason this issue exists is because he owns 300 pairs of pants yeah there's no need for it and they're all in a stinking pile behind him so his mom's like how many times did i tell you to pick up your pants it was kind of cute because he goes to the robo dog which like cycles through a random replay of how many times his mom has actually said that which that pulled me in a little bit because I'm like, oh, cool, Robo Dog is gonna be neat. No, then you'd like never see him again. It was the only time. part of the episode that I found entertaining was the exactly. fact that his dog could catalog how many times he'd been told to clean up his pants. Exactly. You actually, you actually, you yeah. see the dog one more time later yeah. in the episode, but yeah. it's like it's not even branded as being Goddard the dog. It's just kind of like, no, he's it's, just it's there, a, but he's labeled off, as something else. Right. It's like a just a, a one-off comment. That's it to like get you right. to the next scene. Anyway. So at this point, let me ask you guys one question. In, in the real world, as kids, if your parents told you to pick up your clothes, you probably didn't want to do it, but you have two options. You can pick up your clothes, do what you're told, and be a normal human being, or you can use a nano chip to infuse into your genes to make them self-sentient and pick themselves up and put them away when you're done. Well, I think the choice is pretty obvious, but because this is a silly cartoon show, we obviously have to go with the more ridiculous route. But my point to hold all this is... Carl is literally the voice of reason and says, why don't you just pick up your pants? Like, like that's literally, why don't you just pick It'll up take you way less time to just pick up your pants than yeah. to invent an entire new pants, uh, I like artificial intelligence right. ecosystem. Yeah, I don't think it's even setting up or creating a pants ecosystem. I think what he created was a problem for himself and for everybody in this town. And yeah. it could have very easily just been like, yeah, I, I I always go back to the idea of like if you do one thing, does it prevent everything else in this show from happening? And if he had just picked up his pants, problem solved. This episode doesn't exist. Here's, and here's to me, the worst I'm part just of like, all that thing. Yeah. And to me, I'm just like, that's a problem that you created for yourself. That's not a terribly interesting story sometimes. 
And here's the the biggest sin with that. Just like it's a sin to not complete the rule of three if you're going to set up a joke and do it twice. Like, if you do a joke once and it's funny, fine. But then don't do it a second time without that rule of three. Anyway, uh, a second sin to that is by the end of this episode, he still has that, spoiler alert, still has that same problem just on like a magnified scale. And to me, that's not really funny, but it also doesn't show any kind of like growth in this character. He hasn't learned anything. He hasn't made anything better for anyone. He's just caused catastrophe, and now he's got a whole city full of pants to pick up rather than like the 300 that were in his bedroom. And I get it. We're probably being hypercritical on a cartoon show, but just I'm, we're just talking like the basics of storytelling, the basics of character development, and the basics of comedy. And they're just not here. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. Not a compelling I, setup at no. all. It's not a compelling setup. I want to say that just as we jump further into this, every single joke that was set up in this show... I found myself wondering, this isn't funny, is it? And and actually coming on tonight and having this confirmation and watching Dave and Jason both That's shake their like head now. Steaming at the ears, yeah. I mean, like we this this is something that I mean, you you could probably put a Jimmy Neutron fan in a room and he would love all these things. And I, sure. I get it. I can appreciate that. But having three of us who have watched a lot of cartoons now at this point sit down and kind of dissect this in the way that we're doing, like there are a lot of flaws. And I, I think that my hope and my expectation is that in some of these later 63-something episodes, maybe they get better about this. But right now, after a movie and some shorts leading into a pilot episode, it's just not hitting it for me right now. Jason. I want to talk about what I think is the biggest plot hole in this amazingly well-written show, right? <laughs> Was it so, in the pants? It was related to the pants. So I am willing to uh, accept that Jimmy Neutron is smart enough to somehow install a microchip a in nano, his pants. A nanochip. nanochip How dare you? That makes them fold themselves. Sure. Totally on board. I'm willing to accept that premise. What I'm not willing to accept is that without installing nanochips in all the other pants, that his pants can take over the entire world of pants, right? Like there is there is no electronics in those pants with which uh, his pants can interact. Oh, which, you mean you mean yeah. chips? You mean the you mean the 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 spicy ranch kind? I love those. Damn it, Ms. stop Fowl. it with that joke. So also, much stupid chip humor. You only hit that joke twice with Carl and with Mrs. Fowl. You yep. fucked it up again for a third time, friend. Oh. I will I mean, say with Carl, I, I love the fact that he like challenged Jimmy, like, hey, just pick up your pants. And then he like he was like, it's actually kind of fun. I've got this whole song about how I love folding and hanging clothes. And it was like, all right, that's not funny, but I get more of your character now. Like, I get that you're kind of a neat Nick and you like, you know, to do things a certain way. And maybe you're not like the most popular kid, but I get it. I get something about his character. What bothers me is that you have multiple characters coming up to Jimmy throughout the course of this episode being like, Maybe, I don't know, maybe try doing this instead or please don't do this because it upsets me or because you're disrupting the class or because you're really pissing me off. And he doesn't care. He just goes full steam ahead and just does his own thing. He's kind of a little a-hole. You know, his dad tried to interact with him. His mom tried to be an authoritarian. They're not great parents, but they're trying to do their their own way to like reach this little serial killer in training and it's just, it's not working. Go ahead. Can I, I want to bring up the the dialogue that I actually did enjoy was in the exchange with his awful mother where she grounds him and says he can't go to the movie and he goes, Mom, but it's the new science fiction kung fu action buddy comedy sequel from last summer's box office smash based on the old TV show that we've never heard of. And I was like, 
that was some that was some fast smart dialogue yeah that i was like i i enjoyed that like i had to watch that scene a couple times to be able to actually like write all of it down yeah but i was like there's there's a lot of there's a lot of interesting things that you packed into a short sentence like kudos to you that was a decent line but like but then it's dropped. It's never referenced again. We don't even know what the title of the movie is. Right. And there's some stuff in there like that, that it's like fun, kind of referential humor, uh, performances by Rob Paulson and the rest of the cast. Right. They do a decent job of trying to elevate some of this stuff, but it's just kind of like, you sit and you think about it and you're like, that's not really funny. It's kind of like a humorous observation sometimes, or like, oh, that's a weird thing to say, or that's a weird choice to make, but it's not really funny. Did you guys like, it sounds like you liked Sheen and his action figure though that was a weird little like side plot did you want to talk about that at all sure it, it, so sheen estevez has this uh this <laughs> this uh, uh action figure that he he has and and the fun thing is that he shows up at school the, uh, the next day and he's like do you know what makes this day better than any other day and i love that because storytelling wise that's actually what you want yeah. you want a day that is unique and it is uh, to that character and is something that is exciting. And that's why I liked him. And so he has this Ultra Lord number three and it's special because it has the it has a factory gender error. And when he presses <laughs> the button, it says shit it like it's this like beefy looking ultra yeah, like, like kind of robot character. Robot dude. Yeah. And it just says and in in a very female voice that says, Should I wear this dress to the prom? And I was like, okay, that's fun. Like that I like was that. Funny. I like that every and they did that I think three times and every time they did it I was like I'm enjoying what I'm hearing this is a fun character that has a deal nobody else has a deal in this show except for I feel like Sheen what did you like that one or did you just like to talk about his underpants earlier well so I the more I've been thinking about this underpants thing the more Uh disturbed I am yeah Uh, well only because I'm a I'm a mandated reporter guys and the only reason that we are aware that Sheen is wearing Ultra Lord underpants is because Jimmy's pants take them over and then strip them off his friends. Yeah, Sheen, yeah, Carl, and Cindy. Yeah, and absolutely. So all these like and Cindy multiple times asks for him not to mess with her pants. And like in the current climate, I feel like he should be a little bit more aware. That yeah, actually, that, that whole scene was really. Un- yep, you took the words right out of my mouth. That whole took the pants right off your body. Yep. Took the pants. Right off my stuff. <laughs> oh, it's just uncomfortable. It was an uncomfortable scenario to watch now with the current cl- like climate that we're we're living and in. And just being dudes and in just, their thirties. And, mm-hmm. and, and and no, and just like and the idea of just like just taking pants off kids and then just having kids run around in their underwear and all thinking the time. it's like, funny. It's it's cute. It's cute when they're like little learning kids. to yeah. walk and like they're under two, but like you know, you, you get you get above that age and you're just like, all right, you know, maybe yeah, pants are mandatory now. Yeah, or but I mean, like the, the kids uh, watching this show, you know, younger kids, maybe six, seven years old, that's probably pretty funny for them because it's like, haha, nobody has any pants on. That's funny. The, there's nothing like beyond that that they're thinking like, oh, this is inappropriate. No, I'm, I'm pretty sure little lawyer kids aren't, uh, <laughs> aren't really signing up at home to make sure that somebody pays the price for this. No. <laughs> However, what was weirder to me was when the dad was just like, oh, this is the new fad that the kids have today, so I'm just going to go out and mow the lawn in my underwear. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> perhaps perhaps this was taken a bit too far there. Writers, it was creepy enough with the kids, pushing it, pushing it with the dad. 
So let me let me jump in. Are we are we are we have we all agreed that we're gonna move forward in this episode a little bit? Yeah, I I don't need okay. to revisit the whole pants plot. I I kind of like so, some of the things that that popped up, some of the references and stuff. But yeah. so I want to talk about what you just mentioned, okay. which is the moment that the dad, the mom, and the dad are at home and they encounter Sheen, Jimmy, and Carl wearing no pants. Now you get an establishing shot inside the house of the mom and the dad, and the dad is feeding the mom sushi. Now, these kids are yep. at school. We don't really know what their job is. They are in the process of having this like weird romantic sushi date at home, uh, where then the dad is like completely ruining it by he's like, this is a this is a sliced cut of fish, and like you better eat this quick, otherwise the bacteria is gonna get on it and it's gonna destroy. I'm like, what are you doing? Like to me, I was like, this is this is now like creepy level, especially. I don't, I, this was off-putting to me. I'm sorry. I know everybody who is in a, a relationship, uh, hopefully a healthy relationship with a significant other. Uh, I know that it's common to come up with like little nicknames uh, for your significant other. I appreciate that. I'm sorry, though. Sugar Booger as your pet name? <laughs> Real <laughs> fucking turn off. It's slightly Real... better than like Sushi Booger, I guess, but not much. But like he called her this twice, and the first time I was like, "Please let that be a mistake." And the second time I was like, "God damn it!" And it's still he not even a rule of three. Didn't even, even get that right. Uh, but I will say, the dad comes up with this whole thing where he's immediately accepting about this, and then goes off into this own diatribe, which is not helpful parenting to just talk about a story from when you were a child, because he references these bell-bottom moo-moos that he was wearing, and I was yeah. like. I don't think that you can have. I don't. A. I don't think you so understand what a bell bottom is, and B. I don't think you understand what a muumuu is. I kind of want to see it. I think it's like a weird one piece, one size fits all, catch all. Fabric. It's basically. No it's idea. basically if you just if you put Dave in one leg of a Jenko jean. Yep. That's, that's a, a bell bottom muumuu. That's a bell bottom muumuu. Bell bottom muumuu, right guys. Nailed it. I feel like they repeatedly attempted to slip in a jokes that they thought were gonna land with the adults. Yes. You know, like and those are the kid cartoon shows that I like because I, I feel like every time I watch them I pick something else up that is a reference I wouldn't have understood every single one of their attempts at this just failed it like fell completely flat well like Sh- here's, here's Shrek this one. is not yeah here's a specific one right and it was just like the delivery of it so they have all these pants the the rogue pants uh, have uh, kind of corrupted all the other pants around them they're going to the house of blue pants why is that a pun? Why is that even there? It makes zero sense. House of Blue Pants, where there's a million pants, and the rogue pants are going to take them over and basically take over the world, right? So you've got all these pants now, like, running around the city and attacking people. There's a scene where it literally looks like the pants are out like a flock of birds, and they're just, like, attacking. So it's like, okay, if you are familiar with Hitchcock's The Birds or any of those scenes or still images, you're like, okay, I get that homage, especially because they talked about, like, horror movies earlier in the show. It's not a great one-to-one, but it's fine. The fact that the mom is just like, oh, look outside. It looks like an homage to Hitchcock's movie, The Birds. The fact that you had to be like that on the nose with it and actually like say it out loud, it just just sucks any of the comedy out of it. Kids aren't going to know what you're talking about, and adults are going to be like, yeah. I mean, yeah, that was the joke. Yeah, like, there it is. I God, just saw it. Thanks. That was like, it's not a funny joke. No, it wasn't I, funny, I, but I, I'll actually attention say, to it, and it's worse now. I, yeah. I will say because it wasn't a one-to-one comparison to yeah. what The Birds was, that I, I appreciated them referencing the fact that they were trying to to be a homage to Hitchcock because it was so badly so done. Bad. Uh, I guess I could I could see that. <laughs> Look, the, before we wrap this up here, 
<laughs> I want you guys. I want you guys to think of something that you actually enjoyed from this episode before we get to our recommendations. For me, I did enjoy seeing Jimmy kind of make these wacky inventions, the ones that had nothing to do with the you know the trouble um, in the show. I like that he had a jetpack backpack that didn't quite work, but it, it got the job done. <clears throat> I like that he had a gun that was like a pants homing clothespin missiles. I thought that was kind of cute. So it's like clothespin missiles take the pants out of the equation. And then I like that he ransacked a local laundromat to make this <laughs> this other walker that shot like fabric softener and used irons to like starch steam, like yeah and starch and irons to literally like steam the uh, or press the pants uh, into submission like that kind of stuff was fun. But the rest of it was crap. I appreciated the laundry based humor more than. I thought I would yeah. like the fact that fabric softener made all the pants just fall to the ground. And it made Sheen his... weirdly like wobble <laughs> his, while he was walking. His... He's like, this stuff works real well. His eventual way of defeating the sort of like pants creature yes. was uh, to go to, he had to go to an entire like rug store Next and the then just store. rubbed yeah. the feet of his amazing robot on it to build up static electricity. I, I love that that was the way that it was defeated. The fact that it had like a little hand on like an accordion extender that like had to reach yeah. way out and touch the pants. Like th- that stuff was funny. Go ahead. I really enjoyed the moment where they, the pants, like the main, Jimmy's pant has locked itself in the house of the blue pants. <laughs> yeah. And uh, put like a bar in the door so that nobody could get in there. And then sort of like Disney's Fantasia style began to conduct the other pants right and and keeping in the tone of just how highly inappropriate this show is there's a moment where it looks like the pant jimmy's pant has its pocket out and is sort of conducting everything and i swear to god i'm not exaggerating and i think dave is shaking his head he's going to confirm this with me it straight up looks like a dick it looks like a penis coming out of Jimmy's pant yep. that is conducting and waving. Up. So it looks like he's conducting an orchestra of pants with a dick. With an erect dick. With an erect dick. Not a family-friendly episode. It is, it, is so, it is so awkward. But again, it's like in... It's, Jimmy doesn't give a fuck about any of these people. No. So it's in tone with whatever's there. And this whole show just seems inappropriate. To, to watch so it's just like yeah it just seems like it's a final fuck you like if the Disney artist that had put like the purple penis on the cover of the little mermaid had like snuck in a dick there and be like yeah yeah this this 100% makes sense he's like I rendered this dick in Maya software I'm gonna run it through a light wave oh yeah it's gonna be a real real smooth curved dick in here like the rest of these car- what kind of vegetable can I make this dick look like I would have been like yeah this 100% is in tone with what this fucking show is let's, let's pull him back ahead Woods. I <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how to follow that one up you, Good luck. you got really into that Sean <laughs> you really did um, no I, I think uh, I think every every uh, movie cartoon public statement anything available for public consumption should have to go through a panel of early teenage boys and with the question of <laughs> does anything in here look like a dick yeah right just like did this make you giggle uh then we've got to revise it yeah 100 <laughs> percent. no i think that's a like if we ever do an animated thing that's supposed to not be full of cartoon dicks we're gonna have to run it through that panel yeah and if they don't laugh then it good because it's not for yeah, them and then we're good okay. i mean unless you're intending good. to put cartoon dicks in there but exactly. uh, i think of the three of us the only one that's really excited about them is sean Sean's super I mean, excited. 
<laughs> turns out that dick was actually a pocket, by the way, like a pocket turned inside out. Because yeah, yeah. I saw that and I was like, what the fuck? And then the rest of the pants, when they came <laughs> off the shelves, they had their little pockets out and they were like little little wings kind of flapping around. So so weird. They saved it, but not not. Not great, I mean, guys. just because it just it, and again, just to like if people are just like, oh, didn't you see the other pocket? Yeah, of course I saw the other pocket. But the way that they frame the shot, yeah. they have it down in the bottom third of the frame and they only have one pocket that's that's shown on that. And so it's just it's a pair of pants down in like the like in a close up in a forefront shot. That's just only one pocket shown waving this pocket dick back and forth and it's fucking awkward i don't want to watch your jean pocket dick wave on other pocket dicks <laughs> i guarantee the line producer was looking at the the you know the whatever they call them the primaries for the animation they were like kind of looks like a dick they're like ah i mean i guess well i didn't mean to we don't I mean, need I to guess. redo this like how much would it be to redo the whole thing i don't know probably 30 40,000 now nah, fuck it go ahead <laughs> around the schedule and a budget god damn have you seen the movie? It's terrible. Let's just keep going. Uh, All right. Anything else worth saving from this show before we uh, wrap it up? Good recommendations tonight. I'm good. You good? Woodsy, do you have anything Unredeemable. else? Unredeemable. Wow. All right. Well, let's hold up. Let's hold up, yeah, Jason. Jesus H. Before, before, <laughs> we give, before we give what uh, Jason, we've already got some foreshadowing <laughs> in terms of what, how Woods feels on this. Uh, but guys, uh, as it turns out, Everybody on the internet, hey, what's up? You guys have opinions about this. And so to be able to honor this, we're going to turn this over to longtime listener and friend of the show, Bobby Anthem, for this week's Love It or Hate It. Bobby, take it away, sir. This week, our love it comes to us from Larry the Editor, written on July 30th, 2003. The review is titled, The Best Animated TV Series I've Seen in a While. Larry said, Jimmy Neutron. Both the feature film and the series are both some of the most entertaining CGI work I've seen in quite a while. Many people overexamine and are unable to appreciate it simply for what it is, a kid's show. Being a child of the 80s, I grew up on Saturday morning cartoons, and this show, to me, is reminiscent of those times. I've read that some say it's simple and boring, and it's really a shame because those people are truly missing out on a great show. The plots are original, the characters and dialogue are very humorous, and the scenery is incredible. There is some adult humor thrown in occasionally just to make sure the adults are paying attention. Who could ask for more? Also, one must take into consideration all the hard work that goes into making a CGI animation series. You have writers, designers, animators, shaders, storyboarders, modelers, forgive me if I left anyone out, and countless others busting their butts to crank out two new 11-minute shorts each week. So, again, don't overanalyze it. Just enjoy it for what it is. Kid stuff. And our hated was rated 1 out of 10 from Scotty's Forever on March 9th, 2008, in a post titled, Yuck. It says, this is the worst cartoon show ever. It's stupid and pointless, it isn't funny, and it's also boring. For starters, it's about a boy genius who invents various things. The idea of the show was okay, but it just doesn't have a spark, no life, 
It just comes up flat. It also has stupid things in the show like evil pants and man-eating lima beans. I also don't like the fact that a 10-year-old boy can solve all the town's problems, and I also don't like the fact that a genius would hang out with such dim-witted friends. They should have just stuck with the movie. But if you are in the mood for a show about a boy genius, watch Dexter's Laboratory instead of this turd. One out of ten stars. Simply yuck. Perfect. That was perfect. <laughs> Thank you, Bobby. Oh man, these just Yikes get these just get these get to be uh, more and more choice as we as we progress through New Year's well, Nicktoons. Bobby's <laughs> killing it. Nicktoons are getting worse. Are getting, worse. Getting some, I don't know what's going on here. But uh, before we give our our final recommendations here, hey, just want to say thanks again to Jason Woods coming out for this show tonight. Yes, appreciate it, buddy. Thanks for coming back. Happy to be here anytime. We, we got to get you on like a show that you actually enjoyed watching. I don't know that. Hey, you had listen, one yet. my last time around, we talked about Beetlejuice, which has a special place in my heart. Okay, so, fair like... enough. Uh, now we'll talk about recommendations. So we're going to go to you. And as a reminder, you can recommend this show. You cannot recommend this show. And if you don't recommend it, you can also uh, sign it up for the dip, which means it is erased from all existence and for all time. So what say you? I would love to see the show get the dip. I would like oh, to see Jimmy shit. Neutron's face Jesus get Christ. melted, very similar to the villain villain from Roger Rabbit. Like it is awful. <laughs> you, you literally like just not even the show, just like straight up murder Jimmy Neutron, melt that cartoon character. Yeah, absolutely. Down. Listen, you want to have a spinoff with the uh, functioning characters from this show who are not <laughs> sure. sociopaths? I'd probably watch it. Fair enough. Harsh words from guest Jason Woods. Sean, what about you, bud? Recommend Guys, it not, does it get the dip? I, I always <laughs> want to throw this out there. Uh, we're, we're doing this all based on the one episode that True. we watched tonight. So if you are upset about this decision that I'm about to deliver, uh, I would recommend that what you do is recommend an episode for us to watch. I am not going to recommend the show, and I am also going to give it the dip. Holy shit, it doesn't matter what I say because it's been dipped. It's a majority rules, ladies and gents. <laughs> I, I, I want to say as a, as a quick aside, I had been thinking at the beginning of this, I was like, I'm not going to recommend this show, right. but I want Jason and Dave to give me a reason to save it from the dip. And I, I just don't think I got it. I just don't think I got it based on this one episode. So if you have another episode that you're like, guys, watch this one, there might be a way for you to redeem Jimmy Neutron uh in the future on we, this you know show what? on we this haven't, podcast we haven't done uh we were gonna give a one golden ticket or whatever we were gonna call it for everything we dipped in 2017 we haven't done that yet so maybe we should do that soon but we're gonna keep a tally of everything that's been dipped in 2018 yeah we're starting off already with like the third or fourth episode whatever Ron. uh i'm not gonna recommend it i mm, i don't viscerally hate this show though I didn't enjoy it. I don't particularly like it. I don't really want to go back and, and, and watch more episodes, but I don't think I'm going to dip it. Now, it doesn't matter. It's dipped because you, you two guys decided to dip it. But uh, for me, I think there could be something worth watching there. I like the idea of this kid who's kind of a, a super inventive genius kind of thing. I just really don't like that character, man. I don't know. I'm on the, I'm on the fence. 
I guess it's good that it's already dipped, so I don't have to actually make a decision. I can just <laughs> Dave, back and this is such a fucking cop-out. You <laughs> hated on this show the whole episode, and then Sean, we finally won him over to the side, and you were like, well, actually, maybe I'll be the good cop. <sighs> nah, dip it. Yeah, dip it. <laughs> <laughs> Victory! There's nothing good. Like, I... No, it's terrible. It's the premise terrible. was already done before. It was called Dexter's Laboratory. The animation has been done better since and was honestly done better before, in my opinion. Yeah. The characters, there's nobody that I haven't seen before and there's nothing particularly you know, worth saving about the main character. Uh, yeah, dip it. Sounds, sounds like you just dipped it. Yeah, dipped. there we go. It's gone. Dipped. Never to be talked about again unless he comes back Woo. as Jimmy Neutron's serial killer, which we will keep an eye on that one. In the meantime, Woodsy, Brother, man of the people, Dipper Extraordinaire, what's going on with you in your real life? And if you would like to, where can the folks reach you on social media? Yeah, I mean, if you happen to want to take a complete left turn from this podcast uh, and hear about pediatric emergency medicine uh, and then also watch me rant about vaccines, uh, you can find me on Twitter <laughs> at jwoodsmd. And I also have my own podcast called Little Big Med. Excellent. And we will have those links up on our page as well. But Sean, bud, what's going on with you? Guys, as always, I perform live improv comedy in Washington, D.C. with a group that is called Knox. That's N-O-X exclamation point. We perform with Washington Improv Theater. You can find tickets and time with dc.org. And I am on Instagram and Twitter at Sean Paul Ellis. And I'm on Twitter at Dr. Claw MD. You can also find me on Collider.com, Nerdist.com, and DaveTrumbor.com. If you want to find out more about this little show right here, which has nothing to do with pediatric medicine or vaccines and lots to do with phrenology, you can head on over to SaturdayMorningCartoons.com. Remember, that's morning with a U. You can also follow us on Twitter at MorningTunes. Check out Sean's handiwork on our Instagram page. Keep that conversation going on Facebook and listen to our free audio podcast each and every week through YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. As always, be awesome. Drop us an iTunes review and send us an email, SaturdayMorningCartoons at gmail.com. Hey, buddy, what else we got going on? I was going to say, also, if we don't know what you're listening to this on right now, we're just thankful that you're listening. Yeah. Uh, it, could be, it could be iTunes. It could be Stitcher. It could be any of the hundreds of podcast apps that are out there. But you, yes, you, listening to us on YouTube, do me a favor. Continue to leave us your wonderful comments oh God. because we are going to start reading them on this show. You savage, fucking brutal beasts. We are going to read your garbage that you put on YouTube on this you show. Because you know beasts. what? Because it makes us laugh so, so much. We so love thank it. you. Thank we you. We love it. We would, I mean, I'd extra love it if our like 600 plus subscribers, maybe 700 by the time you're listening to this, could like, I don't know, throw us a thumbs up every once in a while if you actually like what you're listening to. Because we're getting <laughs> hammered out there in the, in the thumbs department. Guys, also, FYI, it's in our title that this is a podcast. Also, who was the idiot who clicked on fancast number two, the squeakle, expecting to watch Alvin and the Chipmunks? You dumb dumb. I think they wanted to watch Bob Ross, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Sorry I tricked you into Bob Ross loving. Uh, hey, guess what? If you don't hate us and you're still listening to the show and you want to check out an awesome web comic that we put together here at Saturday Morning Cartoons, you can also check out Death Junior Comics. That's deathjrcomics.com. They'll be running all month in January with a new comic every weekday. So you can check those out and also check out the artwork of our uh, friend and former guest of the show, Alex Kazanis. Almost called him a former friend. That would have been rough. You can find Alex on Twitter and Instagram at dude exclamation. We got a lot going on, guys. 
But if you have any questions, need any uh, follow-up on that, again, head to Saturday Morning Cartoons and check that all out. So thank you guys once again for listening, and we will be back next week with yet another New Year's Nicktoon. Thanks for listening. Hey, everybody.